0: Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini We're presented... By CLNS Media. Today on the show, Dieter Kurtenbach is here. We are going to talk about uh, the top teams of the Eastern Conference. Because the Eastern Conference, like those five teams at the top, they are exceptional. They are genuinely great. Uh, the Bucks, the Heat, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Sixers. We're going to talk about what makes them good. We're going to talk about if they can sustain this going forward. Because really, I think that those five teams in the East are better than the top five teams in the West. And we did not mm. expect that. Coming into the no, year. sir. Um, no, sir. They
1: they are very, very good. And, and, you know, we won't really get into it, but it's not as if the Pacers are some slouches either.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a totally fair take. Like, I think that the Pacers have been really good. Malcolm Brogdon's been really good. But, yeah. you know, these five teams, I feel like, are just like a little step ahead. Yes, and the fact absolutely. That- the fact that one of these teams is going to lose in the first round of the playoffs is like kind of crazy to me,
1: to be honest. I agree. I agree with you. It's been it's been good stuff. It's a shame no one's watching it.
0: <laughs> We're not getting into the ratings battle today. We're going to talk about the Rockets uh, as well, because uh, Dieter Dieter wants to fire off some takes on the Rockets, I guess.
1: Listen, I'm, I'm sitting here. I got no Warriors takes, So I need to go back to my, my tried and true, which is bashing the Rockets. <laughs>
0: oh boy uh i think that then we're gonna talk about the irishman right this is gonna because be this is gonna be a four and a half hour long podcast i don't know if it will be i'm trying to get it to a svelte 50 minutes we'll see I if think, we can i think
1: we should do the opposite of a scorsese keep it tight and uh you know not go on rambling too much for meaningless things where you can go to the bathroom and not miss a thing
0: our ads this week we've got manscaped bet online express vpn and bespoke post uh we're gonna get one of those out of the way right now. Uh, Let's start with Bespoke Post, the the latter one first. This fall, a new monthly routine that'll upgrade your life and style with a box of awesome uh, from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. So whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or to perfectly age uh, fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, outer gear. Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. Uh, to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Uh, your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. It's free to sign up. Each box only costs $45, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code theory that's boxofawesome.com enter the code theory for 20% off your first purchase let's start with the bucks because the bucks are for my money right now the best team in the nba would you agree with that
1: hard to argue it they have the best player in the nba nyansa santamkupo uh they are playing at an exceptional level as they kind of did last year they're better than they were last year at least through these early goings uh and yeah i think that you have to you have to pencil them in right now, knowing how the NBA works and things could change in a week, but you have to pencil them in right now as the favorites. know.
0: Yeah. In the playoffs, I think there's a question. Like, I think you can make a case that, Oh, the Lakers can toss Anthony Davis on him. And, mm-hmm. and then they'll have LeBron that the bucks will have to deal with on their end. And, you know, as we saw last year, the bucks were slightly less than the sum of their parts in the playoffs and true you know, losing Malcolm Brogdon, uh, while, it does not seem to be affecting them as much as we expected coming into the year. Now I will be interested to see how that affects them going forward into the playoffs as much as anything, but you know what? Like Malcolm Brogdon looks like an all-star for the aforementioned Indiana Pacers that we talked Mm -hmm. about. And This Bucs team is just going off without a hitch. Like, Wes Matthews has stepped right into the starting lineup, and it's been like no problems have really arisen.
1: Yeah, the starting lineup has a 21.4 net rating. They're playing a little bit faster. You know, you would think, of course, you lose Malcolm Brogdon. You would like to have Malcolm Brogdon. He's a very good player. Um, But they're putting the ball in Eric Bledsoe's hands a little bit more Just letting him be the primary point guard with Wes Matthews, who's more of a three and D guy or just straight up is uh, sliding in on the wing there. I think it brings some simplicity to their offense and and lets Giannis get a little bit more creative. And and listen, Sam, we we did the bold predictions thing. I'm going to toot my own horn here. Like all of them are coming true, except for maybe the very last one, which was the mucho hot fuego fire. Uh, Giannis, he's he's right now. Thirty-one made three-pointers through a quarter of the season. He's gonna get a hundred, Sam. He's gonna get a hundred, and if he has a hundred, as we said in the preseason, he's gonna win MVP. He's gonna be unstoppable. Uh, he, he's only shooting about thirty percent on them. Most of them are pull-ups, which is good. It's forcing defenses to really commit to stopping him on the perimeter. I, I just—he's taking it to another level, and the Bucks have gone to another level with him. I, I, if you have a player this good, it, it's just hard for me to ever bet against you.
0: There's also the fact that they are putting the ball in his hands more even mm-hmm. like I thought it was hard to do that lot like last year but they have figured out a way to play him more uh, with the ball in his hand uh and like you said a byproduct of that is the increase in pull up three point attempts and just being able to attack and get downhill because once he gets downhill, he's unstoppable. He's so strong. Mm-hmm. Now he's so long that like teams just haven't figured out how to really kind of manage him. Like, I don't really know that there is a way to manage Giannis. No. Uh, it's just like, like he's not playing the hardened ball where he's, you know, flying in with his left arm raised and trying to contact seek for fouls and he's still averaging 11 free throws a game like he's just an impossible problem
1: there's something very reminiscent of Shaq in Giannis right now to where it's like you you can't you can't do anything Shaq in his prime you just couldn't do anything and you just hope that the other guys didn't bury you because if you commit two guys to him one he's going to go to the line a bunch you're still going to foul him and two They're so well-spaced. I mean, that is what Bud predicates his offense on, spacing and having spot-up shooters. He's going to burn you every time with the pass. And so now you're giving up two for three most of the time. It's just, you can't win. What you have to do is you have to just pray and hope that they have an off-shooting night, which there are plenty of those around the NBA. This is not some hyper-elite team. They're not the Warriors of yesteryear. But man, like he is just an unsolvable problem right now. And all you can hope, if you're an opposing team in the Eastern Conference, is that he, he, he just has an off night. He can't rise to the occasion. He doesn't finish at the rim as well. By the way, his finishing at the rim has been really good this year, uh, as evidence. I think Marcus Morris, uh, Julius Randall could tell you that from the other night when he dunked on him Space Jam style. Uh, it, it's Yeah, he's just on another level. It's it, it, We're not talking about it enough. <laughs> this
0: no, I agree with you.
1: This dude's putting together one of the great seasons I've ever seen. I mean, I understand that it seems like that happens every single year, and we are in an incredible era of greatness. But, like, no one's ever looked like this. No one's ever really done stuff like this. As I said, it is this is Shaq in his prime and Shaq in his prime might have been the most dominant player ever.
0: No, and like I said, like that's why I wanted to start with this team because I think that again, you're right, they are not being talked about enough like in this uh world because they're not new, right? Like the right. Lakers are right. new, the Clippers are new, the Sixers are new right? They have all of these new pieces and figuring out how they fit is an interesting conversation. In the case of the Bucks, this is not a new team. We saw this exact iteration last year, just minus Malcolm Brogdon, right? Mm -hmm. This group is just insanely good. I did not expect them to be this good. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I think that there is room for them to be better. Well, where do you
1: see that room right now?
0: They're shooting 35% from three right now. Uh, I think that they're probably gonna end up higher than that like they're 20th in the league in three-point shooting right now yeah part of that is Giannis but like Mm -hmm. you look at Brooke Lopez Brooke Lopez is shooting 28.9 from three right now Eric Bledsoe is shooting 30.8 from three Eric's not a great shooter but he's typically higher than that that. Ersan Ilyasova is shooting 30.4 percent from three he's a better shooter that ain't gonna stick yeah like George Hill 52 percent. that's gonna drop a little bit but like Kyle Korver is only shooting 37% from three Pat Connaughton shooting 31% from three. These guys, I think they can actually see some shooting regression positively. And if that happens, what the fuck do you do?
1: Like... You don't you don't you don't do anything. You just uh, again, you, you hope that Giannis decides to have an off game or that the wear and tear of it all starts to catch up to him, which it sure doesn't look like that's going to happen. He's bigger, faster, stronger. Um, he's he's unstoppable. And I think that those numbers might go up on the perimeter when teams decide to start actually game planning and start, you know, not just take the regular season as it comes and kind of get to the next game and we'll see where it all shakes out over the 82, but instead say, okay, we got to actually beat these bucks. Like the, we're, we're now in crunch time and they'll start trying to throw double teams at them. And what's going to happen? You're going to have even more open threes than they already have. Uh, you know, there's some questions about the second unit. You can maybe argue this is nitpicking at this juncture uh, when they go to the eight, nine man rotation for the playoffs. It's going to be rock solid, but you could say that when Giannis is not on the floor, they they don't exactly inspire fear, but they're still pretty good. Um, I I just I'm not seeing very many weaknesses with this team uh, unless you can find a way to kind of force Giannis into taking somewhat contested, if you can contest anything, mid range jumpers or just a whole bunch of threes beyond beyond the logic that he needs to shoot some threes, like it just make him a three point shooter. Again, I don't know the answers to these questions, but these are perhaps possible solutions for men much smarter than me to come up with.
0: Yeah, and when Giannis is on the floor, they're plus 15.4 per 100 possessions. When he's off the floor, they're only plus 5.4. Um, yeah. So you're like, and look, that's the kind of you know difference that's, that's in normal. terms of net rating that you would expect yeah. to see from a superstar. It is noteworthy that they are still good. Uh, very good Mm -hmm. even when he's off the floor but Mm -hmm. there is a drop-off you're right and and you know as they get into the playoffs they're gonna play better teams with it too yeah yeah and
1: that I think maybe that is the one knock that you can have on them right now they play in a pretty damn weak division they're gonna get the Bulls a lot they're gonna get the Pistons who you know what what the hell are the Pistons I'm not really fearful of them tonight I think the spread is only eight and a half points between the two teams which just seems laughable to me uh you're gonna get uh Cleveland I mean, it's, it's. There's some decent teams, don't get me wrong, but you're looking at a lot of bottom feeders, and that's central. And Indiana's good, but they're not on the level to where you don't think that the Bucs should take them every time that they play. So maybe they are beating up a little bit on some weaker squads, and when they get into the playoffs, you get into a seven-game series against some of the other teams we're going to talk about here. That changes the paradigm a bit because of the talent on the floor, and you can equalize a smidge. But again, this this is a star-driven league, And there is no better star right now in this incredible era of superstars than Giannis. And uh, maybe it's time we just recognize the new king.
0: So I'm glad you brought up the schedule because they have played Cleveland twice. They have played Chicago twice. They have played, uh, I believe, New York, Charlotte, Atlanta, Mm -hmm. uh, Atlanta twice, actually, if I remember correctly. Uh, So they have had a schedule that is not wildly onerous and we can you do, look we can just the, call
1: it what it is i mean they're not paper tigers but that's as easy as it's going to get at any juncture of the season
0: right like look they've lost games now to utah boston and miami um mm-hmm. you know they've also beaten utah and they have uh you know beaten the clippers and they've beaten good teams it's not to say that they're you know not a good team by any stretch they are very very good it's just there might be a regression coming in terms of schedule once they start you know picking up tougher teams here because it will happen. Right. Um nonetheless though, I think that this team is just a buzzsaw right now. They are Yeah, they are there's clearly a gap
1: between them and I would argue any team perhaps outside of the Lakers uh, as, as it comes down to how they're playing right now and the gap right. between them and the rest of this east is it's pretty significant. Maybe that comes back a bit, but they still they're still the class of it. So long as Giannis stays healthy, uh, it's it's going to be really 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 hard to see anyone beating them. In any circumstance other than a really hard-fought seven-game series, and even even then, I'd take the Bucks.
0: Which uh, Eastern Conference team do you want to go to next? Let's talk about the Heat
1: because they're they're pretty good, but I think as much confidence as I have in the Bucks to continue on this path because I have that much faith in Giannis that not only can he maintain this level, but probably push it to another one. I I don't really understand what's happening with the heat outside of, they have a great culture. They have great role players and Jimmy Butler is a a superstar. Maybe it is just as simple as that, but I I didn't think that they'd be this good. You were pushing that in the preseason. I pushed back on it a little bit, but I, I think I was wrong. I think that Butler has sort of transformed this team into a top tier, not just Eastern Conference team, which says a lot these days, but also just a top tier team in the NBA in general and a legit title contender. I mean, what, what what did I miss about these guys coming into the year? Because even as optimistic as you were, you didn't see none in Robinson, and you liked Hero, but I don't know if you saw Hero being this good. Uh, I've always been a big Bam guy. I've always been a J- Jimmy Butler guy, but like 15 and five right now, and, and playing with everybody toe to toe, looking absolutely the peer of any team in the NBA. I. I I thought that they were a step below this and, and they just clearly aren't
0: yeah so i think that what we're seeing is that bam has taken a step forward like bam bam has been arguably as good as jimmy this year maybe not quite as good as jimmy but like he's been exceptional i mean he's averaging 14 10 and 4 uh with yeah. a steal and a half and a block and a half a game like yeah. his defense is monstrous he is perfect for the uh, the kind of defensive style that they want to play uh yeah. they are just in your face constantly and it's it's fantastic to watch. Uh, they really just—they have a mentality. They have a for sure. Like they have a a real t- semblance of an identity,
1: this. right? Exactly. We talk about that in the NFL all the time. What's their identity? What can they go to when the going gets tough? If there's one friggin' team in the NBA, and I think there's maybe another one that we'll talk about a little bit later that has one, but if there's one team in the NBA where you know exactly what they're about, it's the Miami Heat because they've been winning even without this superstar. And and I I guess maybe that was, we should have read more into that formula.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're just going to knock motherfuckers out. Like that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Like That's that's what they want to do. Like their sixth in that's defensive rating. That's a pretty
1: rating. fun way to play basketball these days. Everyone's saying everybody's a big pussy in the NBA these days. Watch the Heat a couple of times.
0: They just have tough dudes. Like it's great. I mean, like Jimmy Butler is tough as shit. Like Bam Adebayo, Adebayo is tough. Justice Winslow, oh that God. guy plays tough. Like I love Justice like, Winslow. Even someone like Chris Silva, right? Who's their two-way yeah, guy yeah. who's playing a shit ton of minutes right now. Uh, yeah, much more, many more than I expected. Right? Like he's playing something like ten to fifteen minutes a night. Seems like, like every
1: Every lineup he's in, too, is just, like, way better. Like I think I went through the, the best net ratings of any lineup where it was, like, 25 or more minutes. Pretty low threshold. But Silva popped up everywhere. Butler and Silva. Butler and Silva. I mean, that, that says a lot. That's that speaks to the culture. Again, I know it's, you know, their buzzword and all that, but like, damn, I mean, they know exactly what they're looking for. They feed no, th- into the identity. Right.
0: Yeah. Like it's all identity. Like they are, they have built this team in their superstars identity. And like, you could say like, you know, is, you know, is there, is he the product of the environment or is the environment, the product of him? Jimmy's been, right.
1: Jimmy's been doing this shit for half a decade now, if not longer. I mean, this, right, is, this like, is Jimmy we're... Butler. This is the perfect match of player
0: system right and by the way we uh i just quoted the departed there with uh jack nicholson <laughs> we're gonna get to the irishman later folks i have oh, i have some takes geez. uh I,
1: i'm i'm excited to hear them because I, I have a very simple take and uh well yeah
0: I think <laughs> we're um yeah no this heat team is really good i think that the question is, does this stand up? Uh, this is the kind of team too that I think like no one is going to want to play them in the seven game series in the playoffs. No sir. Because no, even sir. if you yeah. lose, or even if you win the series, like even beat the Heat, you're going to be beat up if you play that team.
1: Power running football team, physical defense, great coaching. I mean, how, how far has that gotten teams in the NFL? That's the model that the Heat have, and you know they're going to be a team. That so many around the NBA are going to try to add other players to. And I really question if that's a good idea uh, for Miami at this juncture. You say, oh, well, you can upgrade from Goran Dragic. Well, yeah, sure you can. But do you want to? Because he knows what this team's about. He's been there. He's taken this team to the playoffs before. With less talent around them, I mean, I, I think that you you stay the course with these guys. You go for that 2021 free agency class, which they're clearly lined up for, uh, and, and I think they can get in a round or two. I mean, especially with the parity in the Eastern Conference, that people are going to be beaten up on each other. You might not even face the best teams going down the stretch. So, I, I yeah, I, I was I was I like them. <laughs> I've always liked the Heat. I, I was I was straight up wrong about them. I think that they're a really really good team with legitimate staying power because they perhaps more than anybody else in the NBA, in fact, more than anybody else in the NBA, know exactly who they are and what they're about
0: yeah no totally agree and they've mined the other thing is too they just keep mining these guys uh within their developmental track record and they're really good at identifying these mm-hmm. you know undrafted players like kendrick nunn like i'm not a kendrick nunn guy because nope yeah for obvious reasons that i've written about before but like kendrick nunn's been really good this year duncan robinson yeah. has been really good this year <laughs> where the hell did duncan robinson come from I mean, do, do, you, do you know the duncan robinson story no,
1: please tell me and I guess the audience of morons out there uh, who, who, you know, the 2% out there like me who don't know the story.
0: So Duncan Robinson started his college career at Williams College, uh, which I believe in Ma- is in Massachusetts and is a That's... D3 school. Yeah, uh, one of
1: those liberal arts schools up there.
0: Right. Like it's a really good basketball program like Mie Oni, who got... Uh, Drafted by the Jazz last Mm -hmm. year. Uh, He was supposed to go to Williams and, you know, ended up kind of blowing up his last bit of his senior year and ended up at Yale. But, you know, this is a good basketball school for a d3 program mm-hmm. starts there transfers to michigan is like michigan's sixth man right. on their team that went to the title game and has been was really good under beeline like he's he's a good player but like he's not anything more than just a legit spot-up shooter
1: well now he's going out there and clay thompson and people i mean it, it's right. really quite something
0: like he is genuinely one of the five best shooters in the world i think <laughs> and like being able <laughs> you, to be one of the five <laughs> No. N- no. Okay. Like enough. I don't think I don't think I had him ranked in my top one hundred players, to be honest. Oh my goodness. I um, know exactly what
1: they're about then. I mean in they're beating Sam Vicini in the game.
0: Yeah, like ninety-four percent free throw percentage, forty-four from three right now, and like I'm not sure that it's all that like non indicative of fluky his, to me. Yeah, like he can just shoot the fucking shit out of the ball. Like he shot and I don't like, think he's
1: that much he of a shot, liability like, on defense either. He's, he's skinny, well he's but.
0: tall, yeah. He's very skinny, but like you can hide him places, right? For um, sure. and whenever you have all these dudes around him who move so well, like you can figure out a way to make it work. Um but like he he's shot like fa-
1: like, he's like a fancy Kyle Corver.
0: A little bit, yeah. Like he shot like forty seven percent from three in the G League last year. <laughs> like I mean, he is it, he, he,
1: he, Tell me that Jordan Poole went 27 in the draft and this guy wasn't in the top 100?
0: There well he's uh, he's a draft class before. So he was no, I know. 20, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 no, I understand what you're saying too, um, <laughs> but it's kind of unreal. Like he is legit one of the five best shooters in the world. I think, and being one of the five best shooters in the world gets you to the point Not where shame. you are an NBA player.
1: Yeah, no, I would sure hope so in this day and age. It's I mean, unbelievable. Who's the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. Where are they? I mean, get up, get them all out there. You figure it out because shooting uh, is at such a premium in this league right now. And that's not going to go away. Uh, it, it is, uh, yeah, they're, they're really good at this. I, yeah. I, I think they are. Maybe we- they're really good at it. They're we- really,
0: really good at this. Derek Jones Jr. Was a cast off from, uh, Phoenix who entered the draft early because he got into a weird eligibility situation at UNLV. Mm-hmm. So he had to enter the draft at like 18, 19 years old. Look now Derek Jones is 23, 24, and he's going to be a sought after free agent this summer now because you know he's only he's only played six games this year but like he's the kind of guy that kind of is indicative of what they do right they just find these guys that are really good
1: and he can jump really high
0: he can jump really high i would like to see him in the dunk contest again because I think yeah. that he would win it. Um and I think Duncan's gonna have a chance to win the three point contest this year. Like it's it's all coming up heat, baby. It really is. they're such a fun team. I enjoyed the Miami Heat. And like I, I was in on them to start the year, so like for sure. you know, I'm gonna be a little bit higher on them, but shoot the horn, baby. Nonetheless, right? Like I'm really excited about the Miami yeah. Heat. They're just a fun team to watch too, I think. Like and like maybe that's my sensibility. Um mm-hmm. I am someone who really likes these like tough motherfuckers who just yeah, go in sure. and try and bust your ass, right? Like, Like, that's what I want to watch in a team, and they they are it. This is a
1: flawed analogy, but I, I do feel it's apt enough to embarrass myself. Like, they remind me in a lot of ways of those Knicks teams in the late 90s. Just punch you in the mouth. Obviously, the the entire NBA was like that, but they were probably the the baddest of the bad boys. Uh, Post Pistons, they they have a, they have a little bit of that. You don't, you'll never you said it earlier. You just don't want to face these dudes. It, it, it's not going to be fun. They might not have as much talent as everybody else. They have plenty of talent. I don't think there's that much of a deficiency if there is any at all. But man, I mean just being able to punch somebody in the mouth counts for a lot in this
0: state. Yeah, to me, I was going to make the comparison to like the Jordan Bulls teams. They're just not as good. Mm-hmm. At, like Jimmy's just not as good as Michael and they have no like Scotty, right? Yeah. But, you know, obviously they're not as talented Justice, as these Justice, teams, but they Justice win like Winslow's a... Justice
1: like a homelessman, Scotty.
0: Right, and like, honestly, Jimmy Butler, this is no, you know knock on jimmy butler kind of a homeless homelessness or homeless man's michael jordan right yeah Yeah. Yeah, so like like that's the team that they remind me of the most like just in terms of style
1: right for sure For um a lot of half court stuff not trying to get up and down And, and pace has been a big thing in the nba it seems like a lot of teams are trying to play faster that's their goal move it a little bit faster and we'll make it happen they're kind of zagging when everyone else is zigging they're playing to their personnel of course i don't think that this is so uh decree from on high with pat riley trying to throw it back to those early heat days when he was the coach or when he was coach of the knicks and they were playing this way but uh man like it, it, yeah they, they, they want to play a playoff style game every single night and we're seeing what their record is i mean they're gonna they're gonna get more than they lose for sure in the playoffs and the question is when do they run up against a team that's better than them it might be a while
0: i live in los angeles But I really like watching the Miami Heat, which used to be a big pain for me because they don't always show those games in my area. You know, Mm -hmm. I have league pass now, but nonetheless, you know, it used to be a pain. Not a national TV guy. Yeah. This season, I discovered an amazing trick that lets me watch every single NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called Express VPN. Here's how it works. The NBA offers the NBA League Pass, which lets you stream games online. But if you live in the US and Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them because some games are blacked out. So what do you do? You fire up Express VPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Uh, buy and use NBA League Pass from there and boom, no blackouts. Depending on the country nba league pass uh could cost less than 15 bucks for the whole year uh expressvpn works on your computer phone router and consoles like fire tv so you can watch all of the games from any device even when i'm not watching the nba i have VP on vpn on 24 7 because i'm like kind of a psycho about you know mm-hmm. just not giving my information to people if i can avoid it um,
1: idea.
0: yeah right uh, so here is my offer to you use my special link today to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash theory uh that promo code is going to be theory after which you can sign up for nba league pass at a huge discount that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s slash theory for three months free with a one-year package visit expressvpn.com slash theory to learn more uh I I really am like crazy I, about I, VPNs. I, I wish
1: I wish I had had that code because I've had Express VPN now for quite a while. My fiance is long time listeners know is from Scotland, and sometimes she gets a little homesick. And so what I've done is I put Express VPN on a Fire Stick boot up all of those crappy English channels that we can get on uh, the wonderful app stores that we have this day, it's like she's back home. And it's it's all terrible, and I don't like watching it, but damn it, it makes her happy, and Express VPNs help me in that regard.
0: I, I have watched Trashy Reality TV with Heather before, and it is it's, it is it, an experience.
1: A, it is something. It is something. <laughs> she is a very she is legitimately a very classy lady but not after eight
0: that's that's
1: that's when she's like i'm going to bed i'm tired i'm moving from this couch and i'm gonna watch some trap. like she's watching like the new love island in britain and it's just like wow our children are screwed
0: oh my god i love it i love it so much heather heather is fantastic heather come on game theory um <laughs> Let's she talk has about the takes.
1: <laughs> she has the takes, I promise you. The poor woman's brain is, my brain has been fried by bad uh British reality TV. Her brain's been fried by my hot MDA takes.
0: Do we have a we used to have a segment where Heather had a crazy basketball take. Do we have one of those right now? <laughs> we
1: we don't have one, but I will be sure to uh to farm a couple of out farm a couple of them out and uh we'll have we'll have one on the next show for sure.
0: Oh, I love it. Um let's talk about the Celtics now because the Celtics are another team that is just kind of rolling right along. Uh yeah. they are very very good. They are 15 and 5 if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 what, and 4, I believe. 15 and 4. 15 Doesn't and matter. F- 14 Doesn't and 5 matter. is the number. There it is.
1: How we hit it. it.
0: We were we were on it. Uh, There's this crazy
1: professional basketball talkers.
0: There's this crazy stat out there that no Boston professional sports team has lost at home this year. What? (laughs) Yeah, like that's absurd. Is that true? The Celtics are seven and zero. The the Bruins
1: are awesome.
0: Bruins, yeah, the Bruins are obviously really good. They the Bruins are twelve zero and four at home. Oh wow! And. kind of a loss but you know nonetheless we'll uh we'll count it for the sake of takes right and then the patriots are five and oh so that's like kind of crazy i mean
1: mean, what did what did they deserve what did they what did they do to deserve this this wonderful fate of being able to show up to games and almost guarantee a win for the home team that's that's incredible
0: i love it um good for good for boston the, the, the city you know that
1: what? At some point, this at some point this run's going to end, and come comeuppance is going to come for all the fine people of uh, New England, and uh, it's it's not going to be great for the rest of us because there's a lot of there's a lot of resentment that's going to be pushed out. And, uh, right now, they're being satiated by just an unparalleled, unparalleled time in Boston professional sports. So, uh-huh. I guess I hope it keeps going forever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is there.
0: Why do you think the Celtics are so good?
1: I, I mentioned this in the Heat thing. They're one of the other teams that taps into an identity. This team is far more of a Brad Stevens team than last year because Kemba Walker is a willing participant in the system on a nightly basis. And, and perhaps he's just straight up not good enough to supersede the system like uh, Kyrie Irving was. But they seem to have gotten back to that, I don't know, that, that, that collegiate feel that they had when they took LeBron seven games a couple of years back in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they've gotten better, uh, and they play great defense. You knew that. It's surprising that without Al Horford, they're still doing it, but they are. And, you know, I I just think that this is a natural progression. They got a little bit derailed last year, but they're back to basics. They're back to what they want to do. They're back to the ball handler, three wings and a big kind of basketball that Brad Stevens wants to play. And it's good basketball. I mean, we knew that. That's why we were so surprised when they just couldn't get it together last year. And maybe it's a little bit of addition by subtraction. They still have a very good point guard. Brad Wanamaker has been awesome. Uh, I, I think that Tatum is getting a little bit more refined by the game. I think that Jalen Brown is kind of coming into his own. We know what he really is now. Maybe not a high ceiling guy, but a really good role player and a guy that you can count on down the stretch, in my opinion. Uh, this is what they should have been all along. And uh, it's cool to see them getting back to it. And maybe we can start start up with the Brad Stevens hot takes again because he's a damn good basketball coach. The,
0: uh, the Brad Wanamaker story is wild, too. By the way, it is nuts. It is nuts.
1: Tell us all that story, Sam. Uh, Fireside chats with Sam.
0: Clearly Philly guard that ended up going to Pitt played four years at Pitt uh, and then like had to go overseas and just became a dominant, dominant guard overseas to where uh, he basically proved himself as one of the best guards outside of the NBA and ended up now Mm -hmm. where he's shooting 50, 40, 90 in 18 minutes (laughs) a game for this for the Celtics right now. It's crazy.
1: It, it, it's, it's interesting, too, because he's obviously undersized and he is a point guard, but they're playing him a lot at the two right now. And they're playing him alongside Kemba and, and they don't seem to be losing anything because they have such length on the perimeter in Brown and Tatum. Uh, it, it's an interesting lineup. I don't know if it's maybe a playoff lineup, but he I mean, this this is what the Celtics were about. Right. Kind of finding dudes uh, playing scrappy basketball, not not superstar names or anything. But you know, obviously with Tatum, he might get there. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a system and, and it, they have an identity, and it's it's really good. I, I think that their ceiling is probably lower than most teams in this Eastern Conference hunt, but uh, I, I think that their floor is pretty damn high, and it should be noted that 12 of their first 19 games were on the road. So the schedule's going to get a little bit easier here. They have a very good shot at the one seed.
0: So uh, I'm going to actually go the opposite way on the schedule. I will say that. Brad Wanamaker, by the way, Turkish League Finals MVP in 2018, uh, German Finals MVP in 2015. So... Guy, guy steps notes. up in the big moment, folks. I will say that. Yeah. Um, so here's the schedule thing for Boston, right? So Boston, according to basketball reference, has played uh I believe the twenty eight or the third easiest schedule in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um again, That's you're true. right. Maybe the... maybe
1: maybe the road just doesn't matter in, in this day and age. I've heard that um hypothesized around the league for a couple of years now, that that Holman Road just doesn't matter if you're a better team, it's gonna show up and maybe there's a couple of points, but in a game where you're getting 200 plus every night, uh, you yeah, know, well, what's a couple of points?
0: Yeah, like they've gotten the Knicks three times already. Uh, they mm. have gotten the Wizards. They've gotten the Nets twice, I believe. And the Nets are kind of a mess a little bit, uh, depending so on what night you how that play happens. them. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. they've gotten they've gotten uh-huh. the Warriors obviously too, and the Warriors are a trash yes. fire. So, uh, they, this-
1: well, you know, that was actually a fairly interesting game on national television. I'll give them that. That, that went down. It was. But but that was also Boston traveling across, I think more or less across the country, one day of rest, uh, time zone game. So it's a 730 Pacific. I mean, that's a body clock game. And uh, they pulled it out in the fourth quarter. And I thought that they dicked around for three quarters. Honestly, in that contest, I was there. This is the only reason I'm speaking with such conviction about this point. But uh, they dicked around for three quarters, let the Warriors into it the entire time. And they should have just run them off the court to begin with. They are not good at starts this year, which is maybe an Achilles heel for the squad. But um, in the fourth quarter, they just kind of stopped shooting aimless threes and just started going to the hoop. And it it, it clicked. It just looked like they figured it out come the fourth quarter. And there's going to be a lot of games like that. I imagine, because they're still very young, in my opinion, and uh, and and if they can if they can get to a point going into the playoffs where they're like, okay, we know it's, we know what we're about systematically in the macro, but now we know how to get the job done in the micro. We know how to play with each other we know what's going to be effective get the ball to the damn hoop use our length on defense get into passing lanes fast break points and, and power basketball in the half court with Kemba every now and again doing some crazy Kemba shit and knocking down a bunch of 18 footers like that's if they can get to that style if they can just commit to that style I think that that's their best version and that's a pretty damn good version of the, it's a pretty damn good version against any team in the NBA
0: yeah totally agree uh and you know, another thing that I will mention, like you brought up the idea that they kind of dicked around in that Warriors game, which like, you know, kind of agree. Right. Uh-huh. But and you know I what? Would. Like, you know, they they've had some like schedule, like in by schedule, I mean, calendar losses too. like mm-hmm. they really battled against the Clippers on the road third and four nights like 107-104 yeah. loss in overtime like that was a really good game and that they got was some grit to him
1: and that, that's that's Kemba right there right like that that just feels like you have to go to a leader at some point Jason Tatum's not going to come into that role Brad Stevens isn't you know as is, is good as he is as a coach he is more of a macro coach. Uh, you know, I, I still like his X's and O's plenty, but uh, it really put the ball in your best player's hands. That's Kemba Walker, and Kemba Walker has been a clutch player. I think his entire damn basketball career. The dude just has grit, and I think that that permeates through the team. The longer he's around, I, I imagine, the more it will permeate.
0: Yeah, and you know, the Denver uh, game that happened right after that Clippers game. You know, they lose that game by four, but that's a fourth game in six nights at altitude in Al- Denver. Altitude, yeah. And they after battled in Coast the fourth trip. quarter yeah, yeah, that's, after that's, a full West Coast trip, and they that's, battled. That's good
1: shit. That's good shit right there. I mean, that, like, that's that's something to root for.
0: They really fought in that game. Uh, yeah. like, like, I I just like watching this team again for like similar reasons to Miami because mm-hmm. they fight, they play team basketball. Marcus Smart has been awesome defensively. Uh, for sure. You know, and here's the thing: they're gonna get better because Gordon Hayward, before he got hurt, looked fantastic. Awesome. He yep. looked. Like, he was pretty darn close to back to being the old Gordon Hayward that we saw prior to his gruesome injury. And I will say this, too. I think that this team... Is as set up to make a swing of a trade, mm-hmm. really as much as anyone. Like they can go for it in a way that you know. I, I'm not super sure that some of these other contenders, like Miami, is literally, uh, like salary cap, like screwed yeah. in a way because like yeah, they're, they would they they're would gonna have to, have make to a huge
1: swing. That would have to be a foundational switch. You're not adding to an already right. good base. You're switching up the entire base.
0: Right, like they're coming up on what's going to have to be like a like a tough decision on Chris Silva because mm-hmm. they can't really sign him. Like they, they literally don't have the space, I don't think, to sign him once yeah, he's two-way. Yeah, I have
1: those machinations. I mean, yeah. is, could they waive waiters? I mean, he's I, guaranteed. I don't,
0: I don't know what they'll do, to be honest. Yeah. So um, it's really fascinating. But I think that Boston, while Boston doesn't have like this, you know, big, you know, money deal that makes them mm-hmm. fit for like Stephen Adams, right? Because right. like Stephen Adams is a name that makes sense for them. For uh, sure. They, they you know, definitely need piece. an
1: upgrade at center. They need an upgrade but, at center bad.
0: But like, who do you move? Like, I don't think they're going to move Gordon Hayward. Nope. Uh, not going to move Marcus Smart in a deal like that because the whole no, idea sir. behind Stephen Adams would be pair him with Marcus Smart and just have the toughest team in the world. Um, <laughs> you're not going to move yeah. Jalen. You're not going to move no. Jason. Like, nope. you know, you just signed Jalen long term. So it's yeah. like, I don't know what the move piece is for them. That, that's kind of why I mentioned earlier in the season that I thought Damanis Sabonis made some sense for them because, mm. you know, cheaper contract right now that they could move pieces for. And they have all of these young guys too. Romeo Langford, Grant right. Williams, Robert Williams, you know, Shimmy Ogilvy, uh, like they had Carson Edwards. They have a group of young players that they can trade if they want to, to, upgrade this roster if they think they have a shot to make the finals. And I think they do. Like, I think that this I, team is going to be really good.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that they necessarily need to make the upgrade at center. But I, I, I do think that if they can go out and get just an upgrade over Daniel Tyson and his canter, which I like Tyson, but shouldn't be that hard to pull that off, um, even even in the precarious position they might be in, uh, in, in not having a big money deal to go for the number one option, which is Adam's like... I I don't know if they necessarily need that to get to where they want to go. I I think that could be the Achilles heel. I think that especially if they have to play the Sixers, um, that that could be a real problem, and perhaps even Giannis, who who the hell knows what position he is, but he's certainly not not a five. Uh, right? Yeah, that could be a big problem for them. But they're if really good with they're really good without without a bona fide you know ace number five. And uh, yeah, so may, may, maybe they have. I, I again, what I said, I, I think that their floor is probably higher than everybody else's. I don't know if really they have another level to take it to outside of Gordon. A We're coming back in. Uh, Marcus Smart getting fully healthy and just rolling, you know, playing, playing the cards as they have them. But, uh, you know, if they do make that trade, I, I wouldn't mess up too much. I guess they really can't. But uh, if they do make that trade, maybe that ceiling does increase dramatically.
0: Is it, is it maybe like Willie Cauley-Stein? Like, is that a guy no, that makes because sense Willy for
1: Culley them? Willie Cauley-Stein sucks. I'd rather have Tice. I mean, honestly.
0: I, like, honestly, I think I would too, but... Like, does he make sense as, like, a guy that you can go out and give, like, 15 minutes a game to? I guess it's not, like, a crazy upgrade, but, like... Yeah, at least it's another
1: body. It's something and yeah. maybe he's useful in certain pick-and-roll matchups and you can get more to a, a basic 1-5 kind of a pick-and-roll spot-up shooters on the outside game. I, th- th- that is certainly a possibility. I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, uh, but there's a lot of guys like that I think that they could probably do better than Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, it will be... Maybe, will maybe be you try and... St-
0: Maybe you try and steal like Mo Bamba from Orlando or something like that'd, that. Like I, I don't even know that. Like I don't even know that Bamba is very good. To be honest, no. If, but
1: like, you know who, who the hell knows? <laughs> Brad Stevens in the Celtics. Like maybe, maybe he is, and they just haven't tapped into it. I think Orlando's a good team in all, but maybe they haven't just tapped into it yet. And certainly they could move some of those fringe pieces that you mentioned earlier forum Obama, it might work better for orlando who is in the midst of a playoff hunt themselves uh and uh and work out for boston kind of a win-win deal where upsides go in both ways
0: yeah yeah like it's it's hard to find the right guy for Boston. Like it's, it's yeah. really, really And hard listen,
1: as I said earlier, we know the MPA. this shit changes minute by minute. Uh, so, you know, perhaps some things go down to where, you know, the, the landscape is dramatically different in terms of the trade market for a center uh, in, in a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, just like rule anything out They're in a good position. They're just not in a clear cut position to, uh, to upgrade their biggest point of need.
0: And like, does Tristan Thompson make sense?
1: I don't know how they swing that deal financially though.
0: Yeah, I mean he's at like eighteen five, so you need to send out like fourteen or so. Yeah, I don't know if they can send out. I don't know how you add money that up. Wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: They're, like, really, I, they're, re- they're, re- they're really good at having super cheap dudes on the end of the bench who contribute. That is something that Boston is exceptional at, better than I'd argue any team in the NBA. So uh, you know, it's kind of hard to amalgamate fourteen million dollars out of those dudes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, all right, let's talk about. Uh, which of these last two teams do you want to do? Do you want to do the Raptors or do you want to do, uh, let's, uh, let's talk
1: Toronto because I think that they're probably of the the five teams here, the the biggest surprise, even more so than the heat, just because you lose (laughs) one of the greatest players of all time. And, uh, you have some injury woes along the way. And I don't think anyone expected them to be right in the thick of things again. Uh, But Nick, as much credit as we've given to every coach already on this list, Nick Nurse is just coaching his ass off. It seems like he's scheming up every game as if it's a playoff game. Uh, The the defensive stuff that they're throwing at teams, night in, night out, it is wildly variant. Uh, They play zone as much as anybody in the NBA. They trap as much as anybody in the NBA. They full court press as much as anybody in the NBA. I mean, they are frenetic on both ends of the court. And you know, Pascal Siakam has obviously made the leap. Uh, I, I don't know if maybe it's the super leap that some uh, optimistic people were expecting, but he's, oh, he's it's, an all star. It's definitely he's the an super all-star. leap.
0: I think he's, <laughs> he's really he's good. He's
1: so good. He's so good. But, you know, then Fred Van Vliet's made a leap too. I I don't know if it's that surprising considering how good he was in last year's playoffs, but he's kept it up, and that wasn't guaranteed. Uh, And and so you add in just this energy that they have. They're playing faster on offense. They're doing crazy stuff on defense. Nurse is coaching his ass off. You have a guy in Siakam who's never – I don't think he's ever going to be Kawhi Leonard, but, damn, I mean, he's a a pretty good facility for him right now, it seems. Uh,
0: He he might be, like, top five in MVP right now. Like, he's really yep.
1: good. And then, you know, and then you, you just have so many of these guys, Sands, Danny Green, uh, who, who were so effective for this team last year. I don't know if they can keep it up. I, I don't know if uh, this level of energy is sustainable over 82 going into the postseason. But, man, like, they're as fun of a team as there is to watch on a nightly basis if you're really a hoops head and, like, watching just different stuff. If you're into the playoff, the Raptors are giving you a playoff game almost every single night, so... Uh, it, it's good shit all the way around. And I mean, is 60 wins out of the question for the squad. Who would have sunk that?
0: I, I do think that they're not going to win like 60 games. I will. Say I
1: don't that. think so either. Straight but it, the fact that it's even a possibility is kind of mind blowing.
0: Um, so yeah, it's funny. Like they have played 5% of their possessions zone defense this year. And it is, I think third in the NBA right now. So yeah. Like it's yeah, they they really yeah, do a, a good job of switching stuff up. I, I will say, like, I love this Raptors team. I was high on them coming into the year. Uh sure. they they will get uh Kyle or they have Kyle Lowry back but like he missed a lot of time uh earlier this year. So, you know, maybe, you know, there might be some uh room for growth right yeah
1: but also slow down i mean to be fair a kyle is is always going to be a bowling ball but you know they might not want to push it as fast with him out there uh, on a nightly basis
0: yeah no of course um nonetheless like this is a good team they're they're really good like i expected them to be good and they are they're they're better than i thought they would be like they're sitting at 15 mm-hmm. and 5 right now and i was not anticipating 15 and 5 for them um by, it, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but they're really good, and, and they've played a tough schedule too, and they are winning For games. Sure. Uh, you know, Van Vliet, like you mentioned, is a guy that's really taken a leap. He's a bowling ball, like you said. Like, he's tough. He finishes inside. He shoots the ball really well. Uh, you know, Pascal has taken that crazy leap. Ananobi has been pretty good as well. Uh, it's not yeah, just
1: – don't. that doesn't surprise anybody who actually – watches the game, where like is an extremely serviceable role player. They, are, they were so high on him last year, and they kept pushing him as oh man, if he shows up in the NBA Finals that's going to put us over the edge. Not that they needed it it turned out, but uh, they, they really like OG. And I think, you know, it is, it's kind of a bigger point that I, I glazed over in the, my little last rant, but like, can we give some damn credit to the Raptors as an organization? Because they might yeah. be the best-run organization in professional sports right now. They have a great coach, they have a great GM, their player development staff, you could argue, is second to none. Yeah. In the they've NBA. done a really,
0: yeah, they've done a really good job of identifying and developing players like Terrence Davis. They're getting legit yeah. minutes from right now. Um, he's playing every night. He's giving them like twenty minutes a game, fifteen minutes a game. Um, Patrick McCaw. There are screaming girls in the background <laughs> right now for Patrick. Sorry, McCaw. I'm walking, walking walking past the school. <laughs> uh, ronde Hollis Jefferson wasn't in the rotation to start the year, but now he's like pretty useful for them. Uh, Norman sure. Powell's been really good for them too. Uh, I like Norman got. Powell,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a long time Norman Powell
0: fan, yeah. Like, they're not, it's weird. Like, they look like they should have a deep roster, but they don't play a lot of guys, right? Like, Stanley right. Johnson doesn't really play. Um, right. It's just a, it's, it's weird. Saying, playoff
1: playoff game every night.
0: Yeah. And like McCaw doesn't really like, yeah, yeah, yeah not really. Yeah. I mean, play, he's, he's, if so. someone gets
1: in foul trouble or somebody's <clears throat> injured on top of that, you know, he's very much the third, fourth option. I mean, and, they, he, and I, he's but, been hurt
0: too. Like he just got surgery sure. on his knee or whatever. But like, yeah, still,
1: it's. Um, it, I wrote this down. I want to know if you agree with me on this. It, it feels like, listen, they have a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong, but it does feel like they're they're trying to push aggression over talent. If you just play harder, you're going to win some games when you have comparable or maybe even just slightly subcomparable talent, but they play so damn hard, it doesn't seem to matter. And um, I don't know, I, I like that. I mean, we, we've just talked about three straight teams that are, that are just playing their asses off. And God forbid, you know, uh, people try in this day and age. It, it's really enjoyable to watch on a nightly basis teams just give something close to their all. Uh, that, yeah. That's what it's supposed to be about, right?
0: I, I would bet you that this team... Their pace does slow down, but they are very, very good. And they are a legit team that I don't really think anyone wants to see in the playoffs. Like, I think that, you know, they're just so competently run that it's going to be really, really tough. It's going
1: to be one of those six game five or six game series where I think they probably if all the teams that would lose in the first round. I'd probably place the bet on the Raptors of these five teams to lose in the first round. But, man, they are going to take their pound of flesh along the way for sure. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, that's 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 all you can ask for. Play hard. Uh, maximize your talent to the best of your ability and see where the chips fall. And, and, you know, it's worked out pretty well for them in the past. They are, again, I, I don't even know if it's arguable anymore. I think that they're the best run organization in the NBA and perhaps in all professional sports in North America.
0: Dieter, we have a beautiful advertisement here from Manscaped. Well, we uh, mm. Just a, just a legendary talking <laughs> points here. <laughs> uh are you, are you buzzing? Like, what, what is buzzed. happening here? Right um, what is I'm, happening?
1: I'm, I'm buzzing with anticipation. I'm buzzing with anticipation with no nicks, Sam. No nicks at all. Uh, the,
0: the first talking point here is jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Oh. Listen up. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Uh, that's why this revolutionary company Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer uh, won't—and I quote—nick or snag your nuts. Uh, look, I am a fan well, of that Manscaped. That is what
1: they're about. I mean. Y- y- you, you got to be honest about what you're about. I mean, let, let's not beat around the bush here.
0: No yeah, like, oh, God, Dieter. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am a fan of Manscaped. I just use the trimmer on my face. Like, it's fantastic. It does does the job. Um, nonetheless, get 20% off in free shipping with the code theory at manscaped.com. That's the code TH e-o-r-y at manscaped.com uh you're gonna get 20 percent off in free shipping uh at manscaped.com uh and this is a direct quote that it wants me to end with lean up your nuts and make santa proud this year holy crap
1: that's I'm, that's quite something um not i, I entirely, would just say you know make sure to make sure to deck the halls
0: yeah i'm not entirely. oh my god are you're killing me <laughs> jesus christ Let's move to the Sixers because uh what a roller coaster that ad read was and what a roller coaster the 76ers are.
1: That is absolutely accurate, Sam. Uh, like, they, uh I, what, yeah, when I, they when we... they they too are, uh, are are trimming trimming teams down.
0: When we talked about the Sixers earlier this year, I was like kind of preaching. Just I think they're fine, and I think they're good, and like they'll just figure things out. Um, it's it's a roller coaster every night with this group. Like well, when, you never when know you don't where have,
1: the, when you don't have reliable scoring
0: on yeah. a nightly basis when you're playing an old stool
1: style where you're just constantly posting up, not just your center but also your point guard all the time. Um, it, it is it is difficult to get a good vibe off of them, even though they are a juggernaut on the defensive side of things.
0: Yeah. You have no idea where the offense is going to come from at (laughs) any point when watching a Sixers game. Like it is, it, it, yeah it is just
1: and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing I don't like, know I
0: mean, Joel Embiid <laughs> is a seven foot two behemoth and he's shooting 45 percent from the field because teams just collapse down on him constantly and because like he has a tendency to chuck from the three-point line uh which he's actually gotten better at this year like he's shooting 31 from three but like nonetheless it is pretty hilarious watching this team um and I like Sixers fans. Like I feel, I feel kind of bad for them because having to watch this team has to just be the most. I, I don't even know if it's aggravating. I don't know. If it's, it's
1: excruciating
0: yeah like it can't be a great experience but they're also really good and like you know you have Ben Simmons who has been really good defensively you have Joel who's one of the best defenders in the league oh my Al god Horford, their defense is awesome their defense yeah, is just fucking awesome like Horford is super super smart on defense Josh Richardson is a monster on defense like their defense is amazing and I don't like Matisse Thybul is really good defensively too playing 15 minutes a night and fouling the hell out of everyone but it's fine <laughs> like he's getting his. money's worth he is getting his money's worth but uh, he's actually improved on that throughout the course of the season too so like you're coming off the bench with this and like you haven't even gotten desire smith yet like he hasn't played yet for the sixers and he's pretty good on defense too so like i don't know what to expect from this team like night in night out on offense (laughs) but they're just so good defensively that they're gonna be in every game
1: 88.7 percent defense or 88.7 defensive rating for their starting five 88.7 that's in impossible. year of our Lord, 2019. That is legitimately impossible. And yet, they have a 21.3 net rating. And you go, wow, that must be a juggernaut. They're barely over 100. That's <laughs> I mean, amazing. They're, they, they, have like a, they have an offensive rating of like, I think they're 17th in the NBA in offensive rating. And that, you know, feels generous when you watch them on a nightly basis because it's just so wrought. It's just like, God, man, they get to 110. You're like, it's a minor miracle. Um, But, they, I mean, defense travels. Defense travels and defense gets the job done in the playoffs. So if they can just figure out something, if they could just get a shooter, just a single shooter, a guy that you can trust, even if he's a second unit guy, just give him the ball for five straight possessions and he's going to get you, you know, six, seven, eight points. Uh, I think it would go a long way. Because uh, they don't need to score that many points when they have that good of a defensive lineup on the court to start and close games. But man, they, they gotta they gotta figure out something when it comes to this offense. And it, it does. I'm gonna toot my own horn again here. Uh, it, it does feel like you know Brett Brown is just in this constantly precarious spot. I mean, I was going through you know I was reading Sixers articles before we we started talking, and it was like there was there would be one one story one day about like Brett Brown's got to go. You know, some blogger or something. Brett Brown's got to go. And then the next day, it's like, Brett Brown responds to the haters after, you know, like, he's got to stay. Like, he's clearly the coach for the job. And just every day it alternates. So uh, if they go through any sort of a down stretch, just remember, Elton Brand didn't hire him and, uh, and if they can get in somebody that can just teach him them- Teach them some offense. Uh, get get a little something going on that side of the ball. A little bit more creativity. A little few uh, fewer post ups might be good. They lead the post uh, league in post ups by a wide margin. And uh, with I think Ben Simmons has like a zero point six points per possession in post ups, and they're posting them up all the time. Uh, it, they can get something going on offense. I, I don't know who beats them. I don't. Uh, maybe Giannis, because Giannis is impossible, and you know who the hell knows how you stop that guy. But like, they stand the best chance of stopping Giannis. They just need to score some damn points.
0: So you mentioned the post up. So they post up on thirteen point two percent of their possessions, according to Synergy. The oh. second place team posts up on eight and a half percent. The sixth <laughs> place team posts up on six point two percent. The Sixers post up literally twice as often as the team that posts up the sixth most. In the NBA. Oh, yeah. They almost post up twice as often as the second most. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing the way they're that this offense they're, runs.
1: They're 150% more than the second most post-up team. Like, what?
0: I don't even know how to deal with uh, this. No, like, I don't, I don't just, know how to just, deal with a, them.
1: I'm bad at math. It's just 50% more.
0: But you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, It's insane. It's absolutely insane to watch this team on a nightly basis. And it's also like a weirdly fun basketball experiment of just like <laughs> – of not having yeah. space to operate on the floor no. because everyone is Zero. so big. Zero like. space.
1: There is no space whatsoever. They have a center as their point guard. They have a point guard center. They have Al Horford not playing the five, like, ever. Uh, they, it's, it's, the, yeah, it, it, it's, it's crazy. I propose a coach swap. Mike D'Antoni goes to Philly, and Brent Brown goes to Houston, and uh, we just see what happens from there.
0: What a weird, weird situation it would be watching Mike D'Antoni coach with, like, all of these massive bodies on the floor. Like <laughs> I, I'm least, here at least they're theoretically skilled. No. Yeah. Like I'm here for that. If only for the experimental nature of it. Oh yeah. Um,
1: yeah. This is a very strange and grand experiment. This team could very easily go out in the first round or they could win the whole damn thing because they just figure out one or two things. The ability to score an extra three or four points a game could just put them over the top. I mean, cause that defense is so damn good.
0: All right. So we've talked about all five of these teams, uh, we're in agreement. Milwaukee's the best, I think, like unquestionably. Mm-hmm. Which team do you trust the most uh, of the other four?
1: <sighs> Probably Philly, just because I think that they have the ability to go out and make a move to get a guy who can just get some damn buckets uh, with the second unit. And I, I don't know uh, really who that guy is right now, whether it's like an Alec Burks type who, you know, just give them the ball. Let's see what happens. You'll, you'll you'll get probably more than you give, and you'll just survive. Uh, and maybe they stop posting up as much. I mean, it seems like the fixes are theoretically easy but extremely difficult to implement in practice. But uh, I'll still buy into the theory at this juncture in the season. So I'd say Philly just because that defense is so fucking good.
0: Do you want to talk about the Rockets?
1: I have to say something about the Rockets. I don't know if I want to talk about it, Sam, but this needs to get off my chest. Everyone's wondering why the hell NBA ratings are down. And we are not going to get into that conversation again. Uh, Now we have some more data, but down about 20% ESPN and TNT. Variety of reasons. But if you're trying to push James Harden shooting 29% from the floor and scoring 50 points as greatness— Get the hell out of here! That was some nonsense.
0: Oh, it, it's it's greatness. It's just not super fun to watch. It's it's okay. No. Like we can we can respect what it is. It's just not it's super not enjoyable it's not, all the time.
1: It's greatness in the least awesome way possible. Uh, it is. Uh, I, I I watched a lot of that game, and it was just physically painful. It was like watching the Sixers play offense except the guy kept – well, I guess he didn't make all that many baskets. But when he clapped back at the San Antonio fans saying no one wants to get fouled either after the San Antonio fans, like, no one wants to watch a free-throw shooting contest. And he yells at the fan, which, by the way, great moment for the NBA right there. I'm sure that Adam Silver was thrilled when he saw that come across ESPN's timeline.
0: Honestly, Um, I kind of loved it.
1: (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. You're allowed to. But James Harden just – patently lying saying no one wants to get fouled either well except for you dude all you seem to want to do is get fouled you're not interested in actually playing the game and it's like man him and Westbrook they're gonna get theirs don't get me wrong not, this is not the norm but uh 50 points on 29% shooting cannot be passed off as basketball it's not basketball I mean he, he's just coming down it is not enjoyable to watch teams come down and shoot contested threes that clank off the rim time and time again it, it just isn't isn't enjoyable they're not moving the ball. They're not. It's not offense. It's it's math. It's offense on it's, the court.
0: But yeah, it is. That's what it is. It's math ball, which is you know an in, in interesting experiment into basketball. I think. But do uh, I? Wish, I, en- I
1: wish the experiment would die.
0: Do I enjoy watching it? Not particularly. I mean, like it's. I, I used to derive a little bit more enjoyment out of it, yeah. but I yeah. don't I agree. really anymore. I agree. Me too. Um, Me too.
1: It, it's no longer novel, and so now it's just painful.
0: And look, like these. Numbers are going to be slightly inflated because it was a double overtime game last night, but like James Harden took 38 shots, shot 29% and dropped 50. Um, Russell Westbrook had the weirdest line I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Seven for 30 from the field, 19 points with a triple double, uh, five turnovers. (laughs) What a, what a game from Westbrook in the weirdest way. Like, here's the worst part about it, right?
1: Like we we, I I don't wanna sound like get get off my lawn guy or whatever, but like at some point shouldn't these guys be passing it? You know, when you're, when you're shooting almost 60 shots between the two and you're shooting, what, like 23, 24 um, percent, maybe pass the ball to another teammate who can do it. But that's well, not how their offense runs.
0: Well, with Harden, you're not going to do that. With Russ, it's like a different story. Like, I don't really know long term how they do that with Russ. But like with Harden, it's different. Like, Harden was still efficient despite scoring uh, 50 points on 29 uh, percent. field. Um, oh, he,
1: he was so efficient. I mean, what a joy to watch his efficiency.
0: It wasn't great. He sh- shot 29% great. from the field. I mean, he like, shot, listen. He shot four of 20 from three.
1: And and this is this is the confluence of rings culture and highlight culture coming together to where context doesn't seem to matter anymore in terms of the enjoyableness of the NBA product. Because people are just watching it on House of Highlights, so you don't see the goddamn misses. You don't have to live through the pain. And, you know, efficiency, uh, we have different definitions of efficiency. Maybe because mine is more of a stylistic actually trying to play basketball version of efficiency. I mean, Will Chamberlain was barely going to the line this often. And Will Chamberlain wasn't trying to go to the line. Will Chamberlain was just getting fouled all the time because he was bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody else. So
0: Yeah, he was playing in like a barely integrated NBA. <laughs> I mean,
1: he was playing in an NBA that was slow as shit, but it barely integrated. I mean, beyond that, just not very athletic because dudes were not as athletic back then. At did, all. did you
0: see the uh, LeJethro Jenkins video about yeah. Bob Cousy? Yeah. Do, you, do you have takes?
1: Listen, like, everything is relative to this day and age. Of course, you know, Quinn Cook could go out there and give 40 to all of those dudes on any given night. But, like, that's how basketball was played. And, you know, <laughs> like, I, I just think that it's uh, like, of course, Bob Cousy is not good enough to be an NBA all-star Over the last thirty years of the league, like that's just how the world works, you know. (laughs) Like,
0: I kind of, I kind of love the Bob Cousy is overrated take. I'm not like, going to lie is, to you.
1: Is that, is that a new take? Like, people have had that one all the time. Like, people have been saying that all the time. It's just a go-to for people when they're like, well, you know, this guy isn't that good. And it's like, well, you know, c- contextually, he's awesome. <laughs> like, if you look at this day, if we want to take the macro view of things, like everybody playing in the NBA would just give everybody playing in the NBA in the old days the business, except for maybe Bill Russell. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it'd and, be like Russell Wilt and like, a few, like Oscar Robertson. It'd be like a few other guys that would yeah, be able and, to stand up to it but like yeah the, the level now is much higher um like think about, think I, i'm about, here i'm here for the bob Cousy take i will say that yeah, i will i will like, listen why, to the bob koozie why are we taking bob
1: koozie because he's just an old crusty white dude i mean kind of and yeah he's also, and he's and he's also you know like you know has some uh questionable political beliefs so you know maybe we should give bob Cousy the business maybe that's fair
0: i'm, I'm here for it i i, I love that I love the I love the Bob Cousy is overrated take, and I think. But it's do probably... it do
1: it with somebody who is better. Like, give me Bill Russell was overrated. Like, if you're gonna go for if you're gonna go for a shot, go for the head. Like, fucking come at it. Bob, like, of Cousy. Bob Cousy sucked.
0: Bob Cousy, ninety one years old, and just getting shit on on Twitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's just ageism. That's just that's just being mean. It's just I don't know. being mean.
0: Uh, all right, let's uh, respect,
1: respect your goddamn elders.
0: <laughs> let's hit the last ad here. Let's move from uh, Bob coozy to Bet Online. Football and basketball seasons are in full swing. Get in the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional basketball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bets, parlays, or teasers. Uh, you can even bet on wild proposition bets such as who will make the college football playoff who will win the mvp in the nfl uh get the fastest to market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners betonline.ag head on over to BetOnline today and for on your mobile device to join and use that promo code clns50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts uh Yeah. The Rockets are weird. I mean, I don't like hell hell of a segment. I get the, I get why their fans get very aggressive and defend that. Oh, Um, that's,
1: that's just rote tribalism. I mean, what else is that? Like, there's gotta be people in Houston who are like, I don't want to watch this shit.
0: I'm sure there are, but like, I understand why, because the Rockets have been probably the second best team in the NBA now for the last four years. No question. Right. No question. And, and the least don't watchable. have a title. Like, they don't have a title, and that sucks. So, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I, I, I think that, like, there is merit to playing the way that they play very clearly. Um, only because they
1: have Harden. On- there's only one guy who can pull that off, and it's Harden. I- I'll give the man his due in that regard. I just don't like it. I think it's bad for the game in general. I think that I'm glad to see that other teams aren't copying it because if everybody was trying to play that style, it would kill the sport.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I, I get oh, what Oh, I, I will. I speaking, will, Sam. Speaking of killing the sport, let's talk about a movie that killed my uh,
1: – Cinema. Just,
0: it's, it's, sorry. Let's talk about cinema that uh, killed my soul to live. It really wasn't that bad. The Irishman. It's actually like uh. a good movie. Like it's well acted. It's well directed. You can see all of the beautiful little flourishes that Martin Scorsese Mm -hmm. uh, does. It's shot exceptionally well. Like the shot of him walking into and we're going to this is going to be spoilers. So if you're if you have not seen the Irishman yet,
1: if you don't uh, have 40 hours of your life to dedicate to this movie, you can stop right now and, and get on that and come back to us in a couple of weeks when you finally get through it
0: right uh the the Irishman like the 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 way the movie is shot is exceptional like that image of Robert De Niro walking into the restaurant as Mm -hmm. he's about to go kill uh what's his name is his name Joey Gallo uh is exceptional like it's just that will stay with me as he's like walking into that restaurant good um a lot of the shots will stay with me him And, like, I knew what was going to happen. I knew that, like, the take was going to be that he killed Jimmy Hoffa. I still (laughs) let out, like, an audible gasp. When mm. he shot Jimmy Hoffa, I was like, "Whoa! This is yeah. what? like it was a genuinely well-crafted moment in a well-crafted movie that was forty minutes too long, maybe more." Oh yeah,
1: I mean, I, I I almost prefer the take that they should have turned it into a mini series because it would have, I don't, or you know, like you know, three or four episode miniseries that would have had more punch that way.
0: I think it would have helped that, the pacing a lot. Like, because no where it stumbles, I think, is the pacing. It's you can say like oh my god like this uh you should never take or you should never want Martin Scorsese to not do his vision or you should never yeah. want Martin Scorsese to uh not give us as much as he can while he's still alive look it's not that i don't enjoy scorsese movies i love martin scorsese movies the yeah. problem is that this one in particular was 40 minutes too long especially through the first and second hours of the movie and it just drags. It, it actually it drags. affects the film in the way that I mean. It drags. As much as we
1: look back on, like, oh man, like, you, yeah, you want you want Scorsese to do as much as he can because Casino and Goodfellas, like those movies were just fast and furious more or less the entire time. Yeah, Goodfellas say, is and he got, two it, and a half and he got hours. it done. He got it done. And every moment you're just you're just riveted. It's an epic. They're all epics, and this one was just like, Almighty, oh, I left for like ten minutes in the middle of. It. I saw it in in theaters. Uh, I don't regret paying money for it uh, compared to you know just waiting and watching it on Netflix because honestly I probably would have turned it off a couple of times had I just been watching on Netflix. It's like I guess I'll come back to this tomorrow maybe. I mean I, you, you're losing me here. Um, and the reverse aging was a little rough. It was it was kind of confusing to watch uh, as Robert De Niro walks around like an 80 year old man, but right. uh, you know looks like a 50 year old man, but is supposed to be a 25 year old man. Like that. No. Was
0: I don't think he's ever supposed to be 25. I think he's like supposed to be like 45 or so. Well, uh, he ain't
1: moving like any 45 year. I mean, he's moving around like Kevin McCallister. No, McHale he's
0: not. There. He's definitely moving around like Kevin McHale right now. Um maybe maybe worse to be honest. Like yeah. the the scene where he like goes out and like stomps that dude like on the curb. <laughs> totally hilarious. I mean, it was it, it was it was, it was a comedy. It was a comedy at that. It's honestly pretty rough. Like it, it it's not like disqualifying for like the Academy Awards or anything
1: <laughs> rough. No. Yeah, but he like was moving around he was moving around like Bob Cousy back in the day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Slow and stiff.
0: Oh man, it was just not it's not great yeah. whenever he it, had to get into motion but like he was the acting is very good in if no it's question. a if it's a shot where they're like sitting down or they're walking around slowly in a manner with which are yeah, capable of walking around like a 45 year old it's fine i thought the de-aging yeah. the deaging, did not bother me except where the ce- that one scene is bad like yeah, that did bother it's, me it's, it's,
1: it's tough going just get a body double you already right. have the technology to fakes his face like just get a body double
0: yeah totally agree um in terms of where this movie stacks up this year for me mm. like i have it like you know 15 ish like oh, the wow. 15th best That's movie i've seen this year um i gave it a b plus uh, like, I think I think it's legit good. It's just yeah. too long and it affects the pacing. Um, it, it's annoying. Have you seen Knives Out yet? I did see Knives Out. I loved Knives Out. Knives I mean, Out that, is super that's, fun. That's, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like,
1: you know, it, it, as much as everyone's like, let Scorsese do Scorsese. Like, nobody makes movies like Knives Out anymore. And it was two hours that was really engaging the entire time. Uh, you felt like you knew the plot early on, like, oh my God, like they kind of gave everything away. How is this movie going to last this long? Pulled you back in all the way through. Uh, Daniel Craig has that weird accent took a little while, but by the end, you love it. It's almost hokey to the point where it's like, at least this movie is not taking itself too seriously. And coming off of the Irishman, it was like, oh, it was so refreshing. Like you have something to say, you got a good plot, you got a good story. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're having fun and it was really enjoyable to see it in the theaters. I hope they make more movies like that. That are just kind of know what they're about, execute what they're about, move on. Um, whereas Scorsese, and, and I had the same problem with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, just how much cinema do we really need? Like, what, do we need a nine-minute scene of him walking across a, a desert landscape? Like, no. Like, let's let's get on with it. I know that we all have ADD. And how dare old you take guys. shots
0: at John Wick like that? <laughs>
1: I mean, at least John Wick uh, augments that by just going around and busting dudes in the head for 90 minutes around it all. It's true. Like, it, it's, it, it's, it's, um, the pacing was more than problematic, in my opinion, with the Irishman. It, 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 it felt unnecessary. It felt masturbatory at, at certain junctures. And it's like, and I know about Jimmy Hoffa. I understand that not everybody does, um, but, like, do we need to really lean into it all that much? I just don't think it's going to stand the test of time all that well either because it's just going to look back on it and it's like, man, this movie was not just too long, but it, it it doesn't feel like they had much point in making it this long other than Scorsese refuses to dial it back. And editing is arguably a, a better art than directing. And um, Patton Oswalt has this great joke. It's a, it's a wild
0: take, Dieter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I, 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 man, like, it, it, we, you know that from you know that from writing, right?
0: Yeah, like I do. It, it,
1: the real skill is editing. We can all dump our brains. And that is certainly a massive differentiator in our field of work, right? Like, do you have interesting ideas? Do you have interesting perspectives? Can you engage an audience? But can you keep an audience is just as important, especially in this day and age. And maybe Scorsese's movies stack up with you know stuff from the 70s and 80s and maybe even the early 90s. But it doesn't stack up with his own work in terms of pacing because he just put in too many unnecessary scenes that didn't move the plot forward at all, in my opinion. The dialogue scenes fell flat a lot, even though you have this incredible acting. Um, it, it just didn't feel necessary. and It almost felt a, a, bit, a bit angry, right? Like, like you, you can't tell me how to do my movies. And, and I, I want to go to this Patton Oswalt joke because it's like Oswalt said, I think it was like 10 years ago. Most movie editors are female and most directors, at least big time directors, are male. And it's because with directing, you're just kinda this is gonna gross out some people, but it's just a bunch of men just shooting their seed all over the screen. Just look at how much film I can create and all of the you know, I can create new worlds. And then it's the woman's job to kind of go in and be like, Okay, let's let's tone this down a little bit mm-hmm. and make something useful. And I think about that all the time when I watch these movies. Like, how many unnecessary parts were there? I have to do this with my writing all the time. I'll write 2,000 words. No one's going to read 2,000 words. <laughs> I mean, they might with you because you have 40 different stories inside a story. Or you have a right. topic that's so engaging that it's very easy. But, like, man, like... Right, like, when me- I
0: when I write three or 4,000 words... I or even like like some of these stories that like I'm doing for the prospect project I'm writing like 7000 words but I'm basically writing in a manner with which it's easy to skip around and I am very comfortable with people just like jumping around to what they want to read right absolutely Um, absolutely. And like, I guess that you could make that case for Scorsese and be like, you can't, can't. but like, I don't think that he would want that. Like, I don't think that he would be like,
1: it's a very linear movie. It's a clear linear movie. You cannot jump around if you don't like one of the three or four or five parts of that film where you could clearly break it up into a miniseries. You can't just skip it, right. <laughs> but you, you could shorten it. You can get the gist across. You can get a lot more than the gist across, but you wouldn't have so many scenes where it's just like, okay, well, you've said what you have needed to say. Let's talk for another four minutes now about what.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Knives Out was really good, though. Knives okay. Out was very fun. It was, And it's good to
1: see it in a the theater, I think, or with people. I would recommend people see it with people because it doesn't have, like, gasp moments or anything. But you know, it, it's just a fun-loving movie, and it's nice to get the kind of community feel of fun-loving.
0: I agree with that. Um, it was funny. We watched The Report right before we watched Knives Out. I haven't seen
1: that one yet. How is that?
0: I loved it. Uh, I thought it was amazing and genuinely mm-hmm. important. Like, I thought it mm-hmm. was very, very good. Adam Driver is awesome in it. There's Daniel Jones. He's always good. Like, it is a legitimately jarring movie if you don't know yeah. the entire story behind what the united states was doing in um what, what, i don't know if it's guantanamo bay or if it's uh, a different uh non-us yeah. jail where they put um basically non-white was people. it <laughs> well yeah it
1: was was uh it was the afghan prison scandal isn't that it
0: uh i don't know yeah well it's uh it's the torture scandal
1: gotcha so waterboarding and such
0: yeah. And
1: it's really just Sorry, it's, advanced interrogation techniques,
0: right? That's exactly what it is. And that's what they discuss. And it does a good job of just rolling right through it in a way that is interesting. It has an exceptional cast. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not just, uh, Adam driver. It is, you know, people showing up in little roles like Michael C hall is in it and, uh, more Tierney's in it. Sarah Goldberg from Barry is in it for a little bit. Ooh. Ted Levine is in it. Matthew Reese is in it. Um, Tim Blake Nelson shows up. Corey Stahl shows up. Like it's a really well-casted, so do I actually, I I would like to see Corey Stahl get like a legitimate, like lead of a movie role at some point. I think
1: he'll get one. He was great. in uh, he was great in that Woody, Woody Allen movie. And, you know, I watched, uh, I think it was called the plague on FX where he had a really terrible wig on the strain. Yeah. Uh, he had that terrible wig on the entire time, but he was actually really good in that for as long as i could watch it
0: i agree he's actually i think he is genuinely really good you're talking about midnight in paris where he is ernest hemingway um the woody allen movie he is really good in that too i would agree um he's one of america's
1: great character actors i think i think he could absolutely move up
0: yeah no i totally agree he was just in um first man last year where Uh, he was uh, that
1: was, was not a good movie you want to talk about a drag oh my god yeah
0: that was slow buzz aldrin uh i think he's in that movie uh i think he is buzz aldrin in that movie i mean yeah
1: uh, and he's good he's good he was i mean goddamn, he should have been
0: he's in God. this little movie earlier this year called driven about john delorean uh oh, where he's well, I like this special agent he's pretty good in that too i enjoyed it he was, okay. it's not like some amazing movie but it's pretty good um,
1: solid, solid c plus b minus effort
0: yeah so my five favorite movies this year that i've seen yeah uh Parasite, John Wick three because I am you love John Wick nothing if not a John Wick you know observer and lover uh, <laughs> knives out it. knives out is three wow is three book smart is four. The Report yep. is five, and then okay. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is six. Okay. Uh, and The Farewell is seven. I will just mention The Farewell. Uh, I still I still
1: haven't watched it. I have the DVD in my house. I should probably return it or just watch it, just shit or get off the pot. But you told me it was just a, a terrible tearjerker, and then Heather made me watch Inside Out. God damn, did that ruin me.
0: Inside Out's very good. It's very Inside good. Inside Out is very oh, good.
1: It tapped into some stuff that I was not ready to reckon Well, with.
0: I watched The Farewell, like, a month after my grandmother passed, or Uh it was, like, a couple weeks after. It was... It, w- it was, it uh, was, uh, it was an experience for me. That is heavy. That's yeah.
1: I, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for, I don't know if I'm ready for it. I, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll find out sooner, sooner rather than later. I got to make a decision, but Oh boy.
0: Yeah. I'm up to 170 total movies that I've never seen before, uh, this year. And I've seen a hundred 2019 releases. I am very excited, uh, to get that number up as we get into Oscar season. It's Oscar. Oh, big season time. Later.
1: Yeah. You're doing the lore's work. That's for sure.
0: Um, Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I think we're done here. Hey, remember that joke I said about this being 50 minutes?
1: I mean, how many times will we... Done that at this point. It's, I just presume that we add an hour to whatever you say.
0: But you know what? I don't think the pacing was off on this one. I think it was about <laughs> yeah, right. <fuck> you Scorsese. <laughs> Dieter, tell the people where they can find your work.
1: Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Dieter D I E T E R. You can read my stuff in the San Jose Mercury News and the East Bay Times, and I'm hosting on uh, KNBR in San Francisco at ten o'clock every night. So uh, you can listen in there for NFL takes and such.
0: Please go listen to Dieter on the radio. Go read his work. He uh, is fantastic. Uh, Oh, thank you. Every single time that he's on the podcast. Uh, Please go to The Athletic. Keep me employed over there. Uh, We'll do some stuff on the podcast. Uh, I'm probably with Cole at some point later this week talking about prospects, talking about uh, some other NBA stuff because I have some other NBA takes I need to get out there as well. So uh, until next time, we will talk soon. Bye.